0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Great to be with you, and um, I haven't spoken for a few weeks, not in this service, and I think for the next three weeks, I think I am, and I'm looking forward to us building week on week for the next three weeks for something to go on in your, in your life, something good, something uh, only God to go on in your life over the next three weeks. I, I mentioned back in February that one big focus for us this year is um, standing firm. Now, just for the record, if you have no church background, you're like, what? P.S., what is Darren an add-on? They put that in there to say it's short for pastor, okay? So if you've got no church background, I would have been sitting there going, that's weird. What's that all about, Darren? Have you got initials? Is Darren your middle name? Is your first name PS? Um, anyway, I mentioned back in February that that a big priority for us this year uh, is is ensuring that we do everything we can as a church to um, underpin your ability to stand firm in your faith if you're a believer, and for and to do everything we can for us to be a church that is standing firm together. So that's that's important this year, and so. I want to talk a little bit about it today, how to, how to stand firm. We're going to start to talk about it, especially in a time like this. And as it relates to the God-appointed next, uh, I'm not sure how you're feeling, but obviously we've lived through un- some unprecedented times and now we're moving out, I think, into you know, the God-appointed next or uncharted territory or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's lots going on around the world. I hope you're praying for the pl- floods in Australia. I hope you're praying for the people of the Ukraine and for Russia. I hope we're, we're prayerful people believing for God to intervene as only he can in the lives of people. I hope you're praying for his people on the ground in both of those nations right now. And, and, um, but but we, we, we're moving out of unprecedented times into uncharted territory, and, and I think this is a moment where people of faith nearly, really need to determine to stand firm, stand firm in their faith. And so today I want to answer this question. How do we stand firm... As a person of faith, how do we do that in times like these and as we move into the God-appointed next? How do, how do we, how do you, how do I stand firm in our faith? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the moments in front of us. I pray you'd help us. Lord, I pray that this year, no matter what a person's story, whether they've been the strongest person that's ever lived on the planet, terms of their faith, or whether they feel fragile, like they're not sure that they'll finish the day serving you, I pray that today something would go on that would have people, Lord, with a resolve, Lord, of standing firm in their faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. And um, so, like I said, I said this in February, let me just recap, because it's been a while, that I I think that um, we live in important times. I think there are important days ahead of us now, as, as people of faith, as As Jesus Church, if you are one, a lot's happened, a lot's happening, a lot's shifted, a lot's still shifting. There's been a lot of stop and start. There's been a lot of not just in the church, everywhere. A lot of stop start, a lot of adapting. Everything's been fluid. You never knew if anything was on. And then here we are now, mask free, and moving into the God-appointed next. And so uh, here we are. And and so I want to help you stand firm in this season um, because a lot's happened, and I want to help you stand firm and ready for what's next. And, and here are the two things I've seen trending. I mentioned this like for a second in February, that I've seen trending in Jesus' church over the last two years, and as the world begins to open up. Number one, number one thing I've seen happening is a deepening of many believers' devotion to God. I've seen in lots of people who just love Jesus, like my niece, who loves Jesus more than anybody else in the room, except my wife. Because my wife's first, and my children, and then my niece. Just getting the order right. Okay. You come somewhere after. You're in the mix. (laughs) He knows I don't mean that. Um, But in many believers, like a deeper devotion. My my own story of the last two years is we got into that first lockdown. And if you said to me, Darren, how's your faith? I would have said, I'm the kind of Christian who's just on fire for Jesus. And I feel in tune with God. And then I realized after whatever it was, about four weeks of lockdown... But actually, I was getting to spend more time just in God's presence. That might be a foreign concept to you. It's a powerful way to live, and I'd love to unpack it with you. Um, And I just realized that actually with a little bit more time, and a little bit more time just in God's presence and in the Word, which I already did, uh, there was an edge that I realized I'd lost and was coming back. And I'm like, right. And I reckon that kind of thing went on in a whole bunch of people, certainly that I've talked to where their faith just went deeper, their foundation uh, got a bit stronger, where their, their connectedness or their, what I might say, in tune with God's Holy Spirit got a bit brighter. Like the, you know, and, and um, when I was a boy a long, long time ago, they had transistor radios. My dad would listen to the races on the transistor radio. How old have you got to be? And, uh, and it was hard to get it in tune, you know. It would just be a little bit crackly. And I think a lot of people went from crackly to a little bit in tune, a little bit more fine-tuned in terms of open and responding to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And that's the first kind of thing I've seen happen. Here's the second one. The second one I've seen a drift in some people's faith. In fact, in the church across Australia, we've seen significant drift. We've seen unprecedented drift amongst people of faith and in Jesus' church. It's nothing to be scared about. It's happened before in history, happened lots of times. Need to be concerned for people who are in drift. But in terms of the idea, God's always got a plan. God didn't wake up on the other side of a pandemic and go, I did not see that coming. He's woken up today going, I got this. I got my people. I got the future. I got people who aren't even mine yet. They just don't know it. But, but there's, a, there's been a drift in some people's faith. And some have drifted to the fringes. And they've drifted to the fringes in their priorities and in their heart. And, and some drifters have even departed the faith in this season. That's just the reality. And it is. The, the thing about drift, though, is that it, it seems to have a little impact at first. In fact, if you're a committed Christian who goes to church and, you know, is in a group or serves, it actually is a little bit easier because you've got less to do. And who wouldn't want more time to flick through Netflix and still not be able to find a show that you actually want to watch? <laughs> How much better would that be? Than pouring into your spirit. That'd be way better. I've got multiple platforms and I still can't find a show that I want to watch. It's nuts. And there's been a drifting in some people's faith and, and the reality is drift is never static or it's not for long. It's never static. Drift is leading us somewhere. Isn't it? It's always leading us somewhere. It's always been that way. you only got to read the scriptures to know it's always been that way. It'll always be that way. And if you're in drift and you are really soft and open to God, you know that that's true. How do I know it's true? I've done it too. Drift. But God doesn't come to beat us up about it. He comes to call us back. Drift is never static. And so, but here, here's how it works. Here's my experience of watching People I love deeply do this, is drift starts with just some basic decisions and then some fade in the heart that usually gets reconciled for one reason or another, you know, Darren hurt me, Darren doesn't pray for me, Darren didn't acknowledge me from a platform, Darren will blame it on me. That's why I'm wearing black today, I'm in mourning and so, and it starts with moving towards fade and then it moves from what I would call from favour, grace upon you to fall out. And you see that shift go on in people's life. And eventually for some people, it ends in falling away from the faith, which the Bible talks about. Now, some people would say that we live in the final days because the Bible talks about that's exactly what will happen in the last days of humanity. People be of themselves rather than lovers of God. They have a form of religion, but not really owning it. And he says, this will be the sign of the end of time. And so some people, even some people here today would look at the situation across the church in the Western world and go, these are the last days. These are the last days. And yet, we know that what's going on has been going on since time began. And so it could also be that this is just a season, a cycle, and that God is up to something, just like he's been up to something every time something like this has happened across the history of humanity. So as I stand here, our job is to bank on being alert and ready for the first and being fired up and stirred that God's going to do the second. And so standing firm, let let me give you an example of how Drift works. We're going to get an image on the screen of an Uber driver. This is an Uber driver. Um, Now, what I've done, I've taken an Uber driver from the US, so I don't offend anybody. But the other week, I was in an Uber, and I searched the web for a guy who looks like the Uber driver I was with. This is him, Charlie. And so I'm in the back of the Uber a few weeks ago, and I strike up a conversation with the Uber driver, who is about retirement age and looks a lot like this guy in the course of that conversation, he starts to tell me his life' story and as he 's telling me his story, he tells me how he was one of australia 's first um, first ever um, personal trainers, like when it was a brand new industry, and how he worked in that industry for twenty years, made his living from being a personal trainer and how he was a semi professional triathlete now if Charlie doesn't look like he was a semi-professional athlete. I'm not having a crack at Charlie. He doesn't. But I knew that Charlie was because of what Charlie told me, because I've got friends who are triathletes and Ironmen, Men, and I thought, no, this guy's telling the truth. He really did live like this. Here's the thing. When Charlie retired, it didn't immediately show up. He would have stopped training, slowed down, and at first he just would have looked the same, super fit on top of his game, As long as he kept his shirt on nobody would know but then a little bit a little bit of fade soon recognize that Charlie's not training anymore a little bit of further fade now it's clear that if Charlie doesn't start training soon Charlie's never going to run a triathlete again and eventually Charlie ends up unrecognizable with his former self that's how drift works it's how it works spiritually I've known people who have drifted in their faith that is inconceivable to me, that I look at them now and go, that person's unrecognizable with the person I once knew. The opposite's true too. The opposite's true. I've known people that didn't have a faith. There's a guy in our town right now who um, used to mock me. I used to be the Arnott's guy. I used to come into his store on Mondays and he used to mock me. Say, hey, Darren, how's Jesus today? What revelations do you have on the weekend? Well, now... Now he heads up um, something for Scripture Union all over New South Wales. He runs, like, camps all over the state, this guy. So we know that things can change in both directions powerfully. So we have this thing going on where, where there's drift and there's deep devotion and they're both happening. And I'll just say this about the drifter, Ezekiel 34, 11, 12, and 16. This is God's heart. Remember this. It says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself, he will himself search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will search for the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and I'll strengthen the weak. God is always at work for the person who's open. He's always at work trying to win the heart of a person back. That's how good he is and for some of you I know that the risk with this talking about drifters is that you you do struggle in your faith you already feel weak you're like Darren I don't know if I'm gonna make it anyway I'm just being really honest and and I get that because I was that when I first became a Christian I thought there's no way that I can do this there's no way and I remember when I came back to God at the age of 21 my mum was 42 My mum had walked away from God twice in her life. This was her third crack back. And she used to say to me, I just don't know because I failed twice. You know, by the end of her life, she was a powerhouse. In fact, she was a menace. (laughs) She's just a powerhouse of faith. Third time, the God who draws the drifter just kept working in her life. And I want you to know if you feel weak today, I want you to know if you feel fragile, if you can't do it, there's good news, you can't. You can't do it, but God helping you, you can. God helping you, you can. It's true. It's true, and I'm proof. In fact, I'm such proof that some of you are like, no, it's different for you. No, it's not different for me. That's how powerful God is when we just come open-hearted to him. And so so here's the thing, though, if you're a drifter, if you're in drift today, it doesn't just happen. You've got to own it. You've got to own it. You've got to arrest it, have to do that, and, and, and then you've got to reset. You've got to own it, you've got to arrest it, you've got to reset. And so that's my um, encouragement. Just own it. Just reset it. Remember, he searches for the lost, he brings back the strays, he binds up the injured, and he strengthens the weak. So that's that. People of faith in Jesus t- t- standing firm. How do we stand firm as a person of faith? Um, here we go. 1 Corinthians. Do I read this? Is our core scripture? I'll read this first. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith be courageous, be strong, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. To the Christian, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, they were, they were way more messed up than us. Like they were divided and they were tribal. Like one person was on Daz's team and one person was on Bronnie's team and one person was on Luke's team and they let it known. And they, were, they would talk about each other's sins and they were, they were all over the place. They were really spiritual and they were really immature but they definitely were zealous for God. And Paul's writing to them. He's just written this big letter full of encouragement and correction and all kinds of things. And this is his end. This is his wrap-up. I think of it like this. Think of Matthew McConaughey in a scene when he's a lawyer. You got me? The super coolest lawyer you've ever seen in the world. And Matthew McConaughey's standing before the jury at the end of the trial. And this is the moment where he wants to get to the bottom line and he's going to call the jury to action. You got it? This is what Paul's doing here. This is the end of the book of Corinthians, his letter. And he's saying to them, hey, after everything I've said, everything of love, everything of all the actions, all the corrections, all the encouragement, all the theology, here's what I want you to know, Corinthians. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong and be courageous. That's his bottom line for them. Hey, Corinthians, I want you to know, be strong. Stand firm. Be courageous. Don't give up. And so that, that, that's where he ends. And how do we stand firm as a person of faith? He gives us some insights a little bit earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Listen to this, because this really helps us in standing firm in our faith. He says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. I, I want to I, I give you some thoughts from this little thing that really help us to stand firm. Where it says stand firm here, in the original, which I do this about you know, twice a year, Bron does it every week, in the original text, it means play a man's part in the battle. Stand firm. So he's talking to a church and he's saying, I want you to play a man's part in the battle Now, all the girls in the room, I just want you to know this is not a gender statement. This is a contextually made statement at the time when men went to war. Uh, my wife is strong. She's bold. She's fierce. She cries more than me, but I get angry more than her. Does that make her weaker or stronger? I don't know. I think my daughters are. I know women in this room that are. There's not a gender statement. This here is a statement to believers, and he says, play a man's part in the battle. And they immediately got it. They were living at the height of the Roman Empire. And there was an uprising and a, and a, a you know, a, 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 what do you call it? A, all those things that happened. Insurrections and rebellions. Like that was normal. It happened on the day of the week. Like, you know, we have a gender conversation today. It, that's how the world was. And he says, hey, you all get this at the height of the Roman Empire. Fight like a man of war for your faith. Stand firm, that's what he meant. Stand firm, play a man's part in the battle. And it's funny, isn't it? Because when I first became a Christian, the most known Christian on the planet was actually a cartoon character, apart from Billy Graham. His name was Ned Flanders. And I've hated Ned. So one person, I'm allowed to hate him because he's a cartoon character. But I hated Ned because he, they made Christians look weak and timid and weird. And quirky, and if we are, that's okay. God loves all people. But the reality is, my experience is, I've known plenty of men who would claim to be strong and courageous, who won't go public with their faith. I've known plenty of men who won't surrender their lives to Jesus fully because of what their peers will think of them. I've known plenty of men like that. No, it takes more strength. In my experience, I tell you, I, played foot, I loved playing footy. I love the battle. I miss it like anything. The idea that you get out there, and especially when you weigh as much as I do, you can you can hurt people. I love footy. I love that. But I tell you what, that's easy. Standing firm in your faith, I tell you, that's hard. Standing firm in the faith, it gets easier, by the way. Just being courageous—that's that's real strength. That's real courage. That's real bravery. Stand firm, he says. Play a man's part in the battle, and so. And so it says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. I just want to take you back to the first word he launches this with, therefore. He says, therefore. Now, who knows this? If you've been around a while, you know this. Wherever you read therefore, you need to read before, right? Profound. was worth the price of admission today, which is expensive. If you didn't pay on the way in, we will get you on the way out. Therefore, he says, therefore, he says, given everything I've said before, I want you to stand firm in your faith. So let me read to you what he says before. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 to 20. If Christ, if Jesus has not been raised, your faith is futile. Fair enough. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, in Jesus, wherever you hear Christ, they're lost. If only for this life we have hope, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And that's what he says. He says, hey, therefore, because of what's been written, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And then he goes on. This passage of Scripture that scared me through all my teenage years, that got me up every morning, made me wander into my mum's room and check that she was still in bed because I thought Jesus was returning every day. And the Bible says I should think like that. It's a good thing, but not to be terrified of it. He says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. He says, listen, tell your mystery. We're not all going to sleep, but we will all be changed. In the flash, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, we're all going to be changed. Quicker than a Gen Z -er can write, text, Jesus is coming. We're all going to be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal will take on immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory. Where? How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move. You always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And so he comes and he says, hey, stand firm. Why? Because Jesus has died for your sins. Stand firm. Why? Because sin has lost its sting for all who believe. Stand firm because Jesus did rise from the grave. He says, hey, this is why you stand firm. You stand firm on these truths because they are true. And and when Paul writes this, Um, hundreds of believers who had been eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus are still living. He's writing this while the eyewitnesses are still living. And some of them are suffering deeply for their faith, being cast out by their families. Some of them would die for their faith. How convinced of a resurrection would you and I need to be that we would be prepared to die for our faith? Well, that's what was going on. That was the context. And he says, you know that he's risen. So stand firm in your face. Stand firm because Jesus conquered the grave. Stand firm, he says, because Jesus is coming. Bronny told a story in our 8.30 service of our son when he was 14 years old. When Lockie was 14, he had this dream. When he woke up, he came in, he was so excited. It was like he'd really seen something happen. And he's told how he was standing on the beach at Port Macquarie with a bunch of other young people. And then he realized there was this moment and he realized That Jesus was returning. And in his dream, you should have seen him when he woke up and told the story, he's just leaping for faith. He's like, Yeah, it's happening, it's happening. And his mate, Zach Coleman, has turned to Lockie and gone, Lockie, it's happening. And then Lockie woke up. And it's like, This is happening. Therefore, stand firm. Um, This is happening. This is happening. Therefore, stand firm. And then it says, let nothing move you. So he gives all the reasons to not, to what to stand firm on. And he says, hey, just, just let nothing, don't let anything move you. Here's my question. What would move you today? What could move you if you let it? Because it can only move us if we let it. What could move you if you let it? I tell you, in recent times, I talked about last year. Just watched some. I've watched some of this drift go on, and if I'd let it, it would have moved me. Maybe not to walk away from my faith, but to go, oh just stuff it. I'll just serve God. I'll just look after my family. I just go, stop. Yeah, whatever. But you know, the scripture's ringing your ear. Darren, be strong and courageous. Don't be moved. Don't be timid and don't be discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go and whatever you do. And you just have to stand firm. You've got to let nothing move us. What would, if you let it, what would cause you to be moved? And the reason I want to identify that is I want you to take charge of it, take control of it. Identify it today and go, yep, that could move me. That could move me. That person who treats me badly, who should know better, that could move me. That could move me. No, stand firm that could move me what could move you if bulldogs lose week two this week against the broncos that might move me what could move you in your faith what is it and the bible says hey let nothing move you stand firm always giving yourself fully to the work of the lord because you know that your work in the lord is never in vain not one moment not one action not one minute Not one prayer, not one song led of worship, not one thing is wasted when God is in the picture because he's a God who takes everything and uses it to reach and build and restore and secure and save humanity whom he loves. So may you or may I, may we together be those who determine that in this life, we will be the ones who stand firm in this season and stand firm as God moves us into his God appointed next in Jesus name, amen. Amen, why don't you stand with me. Let me pray. You should just focus for one more moment, just settle your heart, focus your mind. Oh God, I pray you'd have your way in us. Every single one of us, Lord wherever we're up to, continue to draw us. May you cause us to be those who stand firm in the faith. Help us to see, Lord, how it is we can stand firm in 2022. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you.